Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It is nice to be talking to you all. Um, we're hanging out on this Sunday night here, um, just post-watching the uh, Chargers and the Raiders play some interesting football. And, you know, we're just discussing our wonderful, amazing, fun things that is in the world of the Coyotes because, you know, when can you ever get good news as a Coyotes fan? Um, the... The limit just does not exist. But to talk that with me, as long as everything else, I can't even speak at this point of tonight, uh, is my wonderful and amazing co-host, Ruti Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. You know, I uh, it was the week week 18 of the NFL, the first time ever in the history of the NFL that we got at week 18, and it did not disappoint. Um, the early games were all garbage and trash, and I was completely uninterested in it. Uh, congratulations to the Indianapolis Colts for fucking up and losing to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, the worst team in the NFL this year. So they lost their playoff spot. And then we got to the late window of games, and just like everything happened all at once, right? We had the Niners coming back from 17 points down to beat my Rams in overtime. We had uh, the Cardinals um, in a back-and-forth game with Seattle they ended up losing. We had... Then, of course, it got all capped, capped off with the Sunday Night Football game, which going into it, I think everybody wanted it to end in a tie because we just all want major chaos at all times. And I didn't think it would ever happen. But it was, it was damn near close to happening. What a ridiculous football game. Um, the way it ended was bullshit, which we'll get into in just a second. But um, you couldn't have asked for a better – drama-filled NFL Sunday. And uh, and the playoffs are still ahead, for goodness sakes. And um, I'm, I'm a little bit annoyed because um, they fucked up and put my Rams on Monday against the Cardinals. So I have to try and figure out a way to finagle out of my work shift that night so I can watch the game. Like, all I wanted was for them to schedule the Rams on Saturday or Sunday when I'm actually off and can watch the game. But they didn't do that. So I have to finagle my way out of a shift. But yeah, that uh, that Chargers and Raiders game was absolutely ridiculous, and uh, 
I loved every minute of it. Um, and unfortunately, to the chagrin of everybody who is not a fan of either team, and to the happiness of Pittsburgh Steelers fans everywhere, the um, the Raiders ended up kicking a game-winning field goal at the end of overtime to send them to the playoffs, send the Steelers to the playoffs, and send the, the Chargers home. Yeah, and it's it's funny. I am definitely on the side of the fact that I think it's uh, bullshit that they did that. Um, everyone keeps on debating back and forth on whether, um, you know, if the timeout that happened at the end there was the reason from the Chargers was the reason that um, the Raiders decided to go for it. I don't know if that is accurate or not. I mean, in, in the interview after the game, um, Carr had been interviewed saying that he had always planned on going for the win um, and talked about talking to Aaron Rodgers beforehand and the this morning, actually, and saying that he was going to – he wanted the Raiders to be the only team to come out of this as the team that was going into the playoffs. So he definitely had that plan, supposedly, is what he liked to put out there at least. Um, so what the actual team tactic was is not officially known. I'm, it might be known by the time you guys are listening to this, but it posed a really interesting question. And uh, I didn't ask Richie this before we started shooting or anything because of the fact that I wanted to get his honest answer on it to see if we're aligned on it or not. And we'll ask you guys in the Sport Nation too because I'm really curious on this. If you were the coach in that situation, would you be going for the win or would you be going for the tie? For me, at the, that point in overtime, after the Chargers kicked the tying field goal, I think you're playing not to lose. So you're playing not to make any mistakes. And in that time, you're just playing against the clock. So for me, like – in a way, the Raiders did it the smart way, which is I think they only th- they threw the ball like one time on that drive. And so for me, like I would just run the football as much as possible, try and run the clock out as much as much as possible, and try not to lose the game. And if it ends in a tie, cool. Then we both win. We'll both we both go to the playoffs, right? If you're the, and then if you're the Chargers, I think you're kind of thinking the same thing, which is like you play your defense, you try to get the ball back. And then maybe the Raiders make a mistake, and then you can you can try and win the game. But for me, anyway, I think once it once you get that 32-32 tie with about five minutes left, you're playing. To me, you just play not to lose, and you just you just get out of there and you get to the postseason. And that's and for me, that's a tie. Like I'm okay tying in that situation. Like Justin Herbert was. There was a a, a great camera angle from NBC where Justin Herbert is uh, on the sideline with like that 30, 30 seconds left right when the Chargers took that timeout. And he was saying right before that, he was saying, I want this tie so bad. Like I've never wanted a tie in my life more. And, um, and unfortunately the Raiders screw that up. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree with you in the fact that I would have gone for the tie in this situation. There is no, and it's funny because people are saying, you know, well, it must've changed once that, um, once the timeout had happened, I don't particularly think that it really matters in the end because they didn't have to call that timeout with two seconds left. They could have just 
let the clock run out, and it wouldn't have mattered. The, the only time that you really go for it in that situation is if you are concerned about the fact that you may lose. It was more of a risk for them to kick that field goal because then it could have gotten blocked and it could have gotten ran back and they could have lost the game and then not been in the playoffs. So the safer bet would have been for them to just let the clock run out and then, you know, take the tie and have the entire thing end. I felt like it, it was kind of excessive and somewhat dumb to go for the win at the end of it. I understand the need of being competitive and the need to, you know, never have your players kind of get off the gas. But I felt like it was so unnecessary for them to do that in the first place. Yeah, imagine if you're the kicker in that situation. And imagine that you're the kicker in that situation, and it's probably the one and only time that you're a kicker kicking to win a, a game in overtime to send your team to the playoffs. And it would be the one and only time that you'd be able to miss that field goal and everybody be totally okay with it. And in fact, a lot of people would be very, very happy about him missing the field goal, except for Steelers fans, obviously. But yeah, I think it was just one of those things that's like, it was so like oddly handled by Brandon Staley in that situation. I don't, know what he was trying to to do there and I and we're recording at just after the game go ahead could have been he was scared he's getting a little bit antsy got a little freaked out and called a timeout out of just pure being scared it could have been. I really like Brandon Staley, first of all. He's a great coach. He was the Rams defensive coordinator last year, and he coached the best defense in the NFL last year, which is why he wound up getting the head coaching gig with the Chargers in the first place. That could be, be the case, but then I would flip that on its head, too, and say that the Raiders had an interim head coach, too, has never been a head coach either. So he had to have been nervous as heck in trying to manage that game, too. So... Both coaches probably had no clue what they're doing at this point in the game. And the Raiders just got lucky that the Chargers couldn't freaking tackle on that last run play of the game. And then it was able to sneak him into field goal range by just a couple of yards. Like I saw some people on Twitter saying that too, which is like, Brandon Staley made a bad decision there. But like, if you're the Chargers, just fucking tackle. And then you're still, and you still have the same situation. You know, or you have a much different situation where the clock probably runs out and it's a tie there. But they couldn't. They gained those extra five yards or whatever and sneak in a field goal range. That's a really solid point. Because if they would have just made those tackles, you wouldn't have been in that situation in the first place and wouldn't even have been a problem. In the end, I, the other thing I guess I do kind of wonder is if you as a coach have any discussion with their coach beforehand. If there is any type of discussion, any type of prior agreements or any of that beforehand or whether you just want to keep things completely silent and you see how the game goes and then make your game plan from there. Um, in the end, I just feel it, like it was a dick move. I tweeted out that the Raiders are now on my list because 
they made a massive dick move. And I don't appreciate people who make dick moves. And everyone in my life knows that. <laughs> yes, that's that's 100% true. And uh, I would just like to point this out. I think I said this before we, we started recording too. That uh, I don't like Ben Roethlisberger. And that's the worst point of this whole situation. Is that that guy who everybody seems to love for goodness sake. Um, and was getting praised a lot. And be like oh it's his last game blah 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 blah. I'm not buying any of it. Ben Roethlisberger is a bad dude. He's not. He's never been a likable guy at all, ever. And the fact that he gets to play in the playoffs and not Justin Herbert, that's what really ticks me off. Because, like, Justin Herbert is great. He's a great quarterback. He's fun to watch. But instead, we have to watch Ben fucking Roethlisberger get more yip-de-doo, whoop-de-doo freaking praise than he's ever deserved. Yeah, it- it happens. It's funny. I had the same feeling with, um, I tweeted it out a couple of days ago, actually, about Aaron Rodgers and the fact that he didn't show up for his team all the way through training camp, through multiple interceptions in the first game of the season, looked like complete ass. He was out just golfing and doing all sorts of other shit while his team was getting prepared for the season. And then all of a sudden, because he was able to get his shit together and make it worthwhile for the rest of the season, all of a sudden he's this MVP candidate player and he's amazing and wonderful. And let's not put in the fact that he lied to his team about whether he was vaccinated or not and had issues with that throughout the middle of the season as well. Let's not focus on any of that. It's very interesting how when someone's either retiring or a team's doing really well or whatever, it seems to not be on anyone's radar anymore about the shittiness of a person. Yeah, I agree with you. And like, yeah, don't even get me started on Aaron Rodgers, too. I've never liked him, either. Um, and, I, and I always point this out. Like, if your own family can't stand you, why should I ever like you? I don't care that he was great hosting Jeopardy. I don't know. I don't care. You're just a, you're a bad dude. Your family doesn't like you. You never talk to anybody in your family. That's all I need to know about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and then this past week, there was a... a uh, MVP voter that came out and was like, I'm not going to vote for Aaron Rodgers because of his uh, stance on the on the vaccines and whatnot, blah, 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 blah. And then Aaron Rodgers had to throw a hissy fit over this guy in a press conference. I was like, what are you doing, dude? Like, just, just unlikable after unlikable. And so we get Aaron Rodgers, we get Ben Roethlisberger, but we don't, again, we don't get Justin Herbert in postseason. That's how things go. But uh, before we move on to, to some Coyotes news, Corey, I do want to ask you, um, are you going to bandwagon a team in the playoffs? Mm. Or is it just whoever is playing the Packers this week? <laughs> well, I mean, always. I will always root for the Cardinals and the fact that I am also a Cardinals fan. Um, 
but yeah, I usually choose one that I, I bandwagon because it's more fun that way. I feel like most people do. And those that don't are the people who really are the boringest people at parties because they just don't enjoy having fun with things. They're very rigid and don't like to enjoy life. You have to enjoy watching it in some way by bandwagging one team or bandwagoning one team or another. It's not going to be a team I'm going to enjoy later, but there is a ranking. I don't know if anyone else is like this with every sport, but I basically am with every sport. Is There is a ranking I have from best to worst of teams that I like in a certain order, and usually I choose out of that order. Yeah, I, I, uh, here's like for me anyway, um, I don't know if I have like, I don't, cause most of the time I usually don't have any other like favorite teams. So it's really hard for me to bandwagon teams. If my teams aren't in it, I will, mo- I will mostly just watch for storylines and players who I like, but, uh, luckily for me, my Rams are still in the playoffs and, uh, they're going to be hosting the Cardinals. Like we said, just a minute ago. In the wild card round coming up on uh, on Monday the seventeenth, and um, and of course I will be rooting for the Rams. I think the Rams should probably win that game because the Cardinals have been playing like dog shit the last month of the season. Kyler Murray has been playing great. Defense That's gave up thirty eight points to the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. That's usually not a great thing. Um, just in case you're wondering, on I'm on the DraftKings app here. Looking at the, the spread, and the Rams are four and a half point favorites on DraftKings right now against the Arizona Cardinals, just so you know. And speaking of DraftKings, Corey, the NFL playoffs are here, and the Rams and Cardinals are playing on Monday Night Football. And if you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, you can win a whole bunch of money because we're counting down to Super Bowl 56, and new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 to win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 to win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN. This wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That, Corey, right there, that is maybe the best live read I've ever done in my life. That was That's perfect. Impressive. Absolutely impressive. <laughs> Beautiful, actually. And as I was like sitting here, I as you were saying that it was actually very calming to me. Oddly enough, I was looking through all of the playoff teams, and it was very easy for me to basically tell you which ones I would root for and which ones I wouldn't root for. Very easy. So, I if you are you that way, can you look at this? Even if there's not a storyline going on and saying this team, I, I mean, there's some I am indifferent on, but for the most part, it's very much, I would root for this team. I would not root for this team. I'm indifferent on this team. In that way, yes. 
for sure. Just like even looking at this, like I said, I root for like I said, rooting for players that I like. I like watching Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase play. So I want the Bengals to win. I'm a big fan of Josh Allen. Love watching him play. I hope they beat the Patriots. Um, and then in the NFC, um, there's really not much there except for disliking the Packers and Cowboys and the 49ers for that matter. So like I don't really have any rooting interest there. See, um, I would um, obviously I I'm a Cardinals fan, but then you're also my best friend, so I uh, would be fine with the Cardinals, obviously, the Rams, the Bucks, the Niners. Those are the ones that I would be fine with out of all of those. Um, screw the Packers, screw the Cowboys, and screw the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to get into why you don't you don't like the Eagles. That uh, we'll leave that for we'll leave that for another show. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. So uh, I feel like bandwagoning during playoffs is so much easier. Like I said, I will always root for the Cardinals first, as they are my my home team. But after that it will trickle down from there. So, you know, if Richie's Rams are the ones going on, I'm going to be rooting for the Rams because they're Richie's Rams. Um, But that's kind of how it goes for me all the way until the end. Even during the Super Bowl, if I have no real interest, I will still have a team that I have a vested interest in because of the fact that some teams are just better than others. Yeah, well, I'm I'm super excited for the playoffs. It's going to be uh, really, really fascinating, especially in the AFC, which I feel like is wide open. I feel like the NFC isn't as much wide open. I feel it's like the very clearly the Packers and then everybody else. So um, good luck to anybody who's going to try and win in Lambeau Field to make it to the Super Bowl this year. Granted, there is precedent. It happened last year. The Bucks went on the road and beat the Packers in Lambeau to go to the Super Bowl. They ended up winning it, of course in their home stadium, which I hope the Rams do this year. Make it two years in a row, everybody. I'm just going to just putting that out there and speaking it into existence. But, um, Corey, we do have some Coyotes news to talk about. And, unfortunately, it's not great. Um, We got this news this morning. I texted it to you, uh, courtesy of Craig Morgan. And, um, And, well, here we go again, everybody. More bad news. Um, it's always bad news, always and forever. I swear there has to be some massive good news coming for all of Coyotes fans, considering the fact that we have gone through so much bad news that karma is owing Coyotes fans massive good news. But at this point, um, it is genuinely looking to be like there will have to be some hardcore negotiations that go on between the Coyotes and Tempe to make this deal work. I genuinely don't think it would be a good idea for Tempe to um, not vote this in, but as of right now, there are three votes saying yes for the arena to go in and two votes that are saying no and two votes that are undecided, but they're leaning towards no after the Coyotes' recent failure to pay taxes and bills. 
um, after the, that news that had just broke. So obviously we had said previously on our podcast that we're talking about that basically it is never a good thing in business for you to be in the news for not paying bills. Uh, you know, the Coyotes came out of it saying that it was a clerical error, but I don't think anyone really believed that. And I don't know what game they're trying to play there, but I don't think it was one that went well for them. The Coyotes have hired a consultant that is supposed to be working with Tempe and supposed to be providing the council with more details on the project in the near future. But there are still some little details that they have to work out considering the fact that it would require um, an estimated $70 million in remediation costs and the Coyotes have proposed to pay $40 million for the Eastern Parcel to cover a portion of the remediation costs, but their willingness to pay the entire council might be enough to sway the council. So it's going to always come down to money, I think, in all of these things, but it's really not going to be beneficial for Tempe to vote no on this because the land that the Coyotes would move to um, next would be a, a piece of land that's nearby with the Salt River, Pima, America, Maricopa Indian community. And um, one of the sources that Craig Morgan had in his article from this morning said it would be right on the border, on Tempe's border. So Tempe would get all of the problems, including traffic and none of the revenue, which is a big deal because that is what we are saying is going to be a problem for Glendale now in the fact that they won't have people coming in and getting that revenue that they were getting before Tempe, but they at least won't, you know, they'll have an open arena and they'll have um, no traffic from it. Tempe will have all the issues of all the people coming to the game without getting that revenue. So it would be pretty poor, I would say, of them to not do it. And I do like to see that a lot of Coyotes fans are rallying behind this and trying to get um, people in Tempe to really be reaching out to their council members to vote yes on this. Yeah, and we're still quite a ways away from this, um, which is um, we're not really expecting anything to come out of this until maybe in at least another month or two. And that was according to the Arizona Republic late, you know, in the late in the year last year, like in December. Um, that we weren't really going to have any more finality on this until I think February or, or March. So it's still going to be a while here. So there's still a lot to be worked out, but, um, and like we said, the public has not, has yet to actually see the entire Coyotes proposal. We've gotten bits and pieces of it through reporting, but other than that, we don't know the entire puzzle. Um, however, we do know that the Coyotes have committed to paying much of the cost for the the brand new arena and a lot of the district right and that's that's good that's it goes a long way like we know that i think the general public is kind of soured to giving away public money for building new arenas so if tempe doesn't have to spend much money other than you know this this proposed uh, just what how, how much would it be just a couple million dollars on the remediation costs right um 
uh, $40 million to $70 million being paid by the Coyotes. Yeah, so that would be that's like a w- $30 million. Yeah, that's a win for Tempe. Like, that's a decent amount of money, yes. But, like, just think about how it's going to pay off in the long run. It's like an investment, kind of. That's basically what's happening here is the city of Tempe has to f- figure out a way to convince themselves that this is going to be an investment that is going to pay off in the long run. And I, I think we know that this will be a much better location for the team. We believe that the team will be much better on the ice by the time this arena gets built. And if you, and we know the old adage from, um, if you build it, they will, if you build it, they will come. Right. And I feel like that's what's going to happen here. Like if the Coyotes build this rink, the people will come, the money will come and Tempe is going to be better off for it than they aren't. And um, I hope somehow, some way they figure this out and things move along to get this thing passed. But if it doesn't, I didn't think this was the idea of most fans today that I saw on Twitter, which was like, if this deal falls through, I don't know where they go from here. Craig hinted at there being some, uh, some talks with the Indian community, like you mentioned, Corey, but like, if it does fall through, then like we're in like dire circumstances here. And like, we're, we're basically like Justin Herbert was in the fourth quarter against the Raiders on fourth and 21 trying to get themselves back in the game. And I feel like that's what's about to happen here if this does indeed fall through. I mean, there's going to be a large amount of people now speaking out about this and really pushing it forward. Really, Craig's article here and any uh, any other article that comes out about this will only be helping the cause publicly and the fact that uh, there's a lot of really diehard Coyotes fans that want to voice their opinion and those that live in Tempe are really big voices for that community that will be able to help this. They're, you know, they're going to be creating groups that will be pushing, trying to push these forward. And really, that could sway, along with money, could sway those two undecided votes. If you put enough money on the table, Morello has it, they will change their votes in the face of it, basically. So I don't think that this is dead in the water by any means. I think there's a lot of room to be had here. Business negotiations are unlike anything else in this world. They are absurd and um, very, very long and tedious. But this also has a massive political component to it. So if, just as you said, if you build it, they will come. There is there is reason for all of this stuff to be done because of the fact that they will have great gains revenue-wise later from it, but it's also a way to please their constituents in the fact that if there's enough people that really want this to happen, they're going to want to do that because they get voted in on these things. So they're definitely going to want to please the people of their community. And it's also a big deal when it comes to the fact that you have, as we've said before, ASU hockey building their own arena, just, you know, just down the way there. And so you would have basically your own Mecca 
of hockey in Tempe in close proximity and you would be able to capitalize on that. The marketing of that from a city standpoint is massive. Every hockey fan would be coming to Tempe and spending money in Tempe and spending time in Tempe. And that alone is a great selling point for this. I feel like there are a lot of aspects of this that aren't really being recognized. And I think we always go to these great points of catastrophe with this in the fact that we are always ingrained anymore to expect bad news and everyone loves to go to this uh, apocalyptical, the team is going to be moving, there's no place for them, this is terrible, there's a lot of negotiations that need to be had, this is just an update on the fact that things aren't going very smoothly, but when have they ever for the Coyotes? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, ain't that ain't that the truth, but you're right. It's this process is going to take a while and um, and people change their minds all the time. So I'm sure this isn't the last of this story. We'll, it will continue to develop and I'm sure we'll get more um, stories coming out of Canada, it's like, oh, oh, it's it's over. The Coyotes are leaving. They're on their way out the door. Blah 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 blah. But um, until until there is a nail in the coffin on this team, and the and the team is is gone, like it's not over yet. And then on the flip side of that too, like, and we, I think Corey and I, we, when the this deal with Tempe was first announced, it's like I think a lot of Coyotes fans are like, great, I'm glad that this is kind of moving along, but, like, we're still not actually going to believe it until there's shovel, shovels in the ground. And so, like you said, like, the negotiations are going to continue, and and hopefully a solution comes out, and it's positive for the team and for the city of Tempe and uh, and for the fans, um, and uh, and we get it sooner, sooner rather than later. Um, there was some good news this week, Corey, because – you know, uh, there's a kind of a cloud over the Coyotes organization in terms of their revenue and and not paying bills and whatnot. Well, there's going to be a new revenue stream for the Coyotes, Corey, because I'm assuming you saw this this week as well, that uh, the Coyotes and Alex Marullo's group, Marullo Gaming, they have agreed to partner for the launch of a brand new sports betting platform called Sahara Bets. The Coyotes are dedicated to providing innovative and entertaining experiences for our great fans. Our partnership with Sahara Bets will offer next-level gaming experiences for fans who want to unleash their competitive spirit. Um, Marillo Gaming is an affiliate of the Sahara Las Vegas and Grand Sierra Resort. These resorts are owned by Marillo. So unlike the other um, sports betting entities around the state that have partnered with other teams, like this is legit the Coyotes' owner owning this particular platform. So if you're a Coyotes fan, you are a sports better. When the Sahara Bets app drops, apparently on January 12th, you would be directly funding Alex Marullo and to a certain extent, the Coyotes. So maybe Coyotes fans should all get behind when they, they download both. They download the DraftKings app with the THP and promo code. And then they also download Sahara Bets. And then... And then they can be like part owners of the Coyotes in a way. <laughs> I mean, 
it should be really great funding for them considering the fact that didn't Arizona hit some random high of how much money was put into sports betting in just like the first few months of sports betting being here in Arizona. You had quote, quote tweeted yep. about saying that all this has taught you is that we're all very terrible at sports betting because we all just lost a bunch of money. Yeah, exactly. Um, it says there were $291 million worth of bets placed in September, marking the highest debut for legal sports betting ever. And then in October, $486 million worth of bets were made. <laughs> yeah, so this will be a great thing for Merle. We had said that this is probably where it was going to go. We had kind of predicted this for from the very beginning of all of this. It just took a while to get here. But like I've said before, Merlo has the money. He's going to have the money. He can handle a lot of these things. He just has to put the money on the table is basically what it's coming out to being. And he will be getting definitely more. As it says um, in this Jose Romero article, this is being launched right before the NFL playoffs, the Super Bowl, Waste Management Open. We've got a lot of things coming up that people can be placing bets on that are that are bigger events. Um, and it should be very interesting. You know what I just was wondering about? And I've never checked because we've never had it sports betting during this time. Is betting on the Olympics a thing? Um, yes, I'm pretty sure it is. You can bet on anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm I pretty sure it is. You basically can. You can basically bet on, um, uh, how fast grass will grow for like shit's sake. But <laughs> if that's one of the ones that you can, uh, bet on too, that's another big thing that's coming up as well. So it's definitely going to be a big payoff there and, yeah, yeah. All I got to say is money, I don't think, is a problem here. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. That's uh, coming out uh, this week, in a couple days, on uh, on Wednesday, which I believe January 12th is also when the Coyotes are going to be playing their next game, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double-check the Coyotes' schedule here, make sure that is the right date. Yes, so... On Wednesday, January 12th, not only does the new Sahara Bets app drop, that is also the Coyotes' next game. They're playing at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That game is on TNT. And if you – Corey and I haven't been doing as many episodes lately. Both of us have been ridiculously busy, so we haven't been doing midweek episodes. But we have a very special announcement, Corey. If you want to join us, Sporting Nation, for more sporty content – more ridiculousness, more of our weirdness. Um, on a live stream, you can do that on Wednesday night where Corey and I are going to be going live on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube page, and we're going to be hosting a watch-along, a second-screen experience, if you will, with the Maple Leafs and Coyotes game on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube page. We'll tweet all the links when we get to it and whatnot, ex- 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 all that kind of stuff, but... Um, if you want more of us, you're going to get a lot of it because the live streams are about three hours long. 
They're super fun. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be madness because they're, it's the Maple Leafs, and we know how crazy Maple Leafs fans are. I well, can't wait. To- also, live interaction. So you guys can join in on our craziness, and I know our Spray Nation can get just as crazy as we can. Yeah, and the last time I did one of these, there weren't a lot of Coyotes fans in the chat. So I'm going to challenge the Coyotes people to step up, to show up in the chat, let people know they're there, and then um, everybody jump in on my conspiracy theory that Austin Matthews is going to be a Coyote when he becomes a free agent. And I'm going to go on that. I'm going to go on that rant again and piss a lot of Leafs fans off, and I can't wait to do it. I was going to say you're just going to get a bunch of Leafs fans in there, just pissed as could be <laughs> i don't know why they're pissed at me they should be pissed at themselves because they've been pissing away chances at a stanley cup for the last five years they haven't won a fucking playoff series maybe that's what they should be pissed off at you know what i mean canadians are pretty mm, i mean they did have that whole thing um who was it one one of the canadian teams had a whole thing that was like burning things when one of their teams lost. Uh, but most of the time, it's very peaceful in Canada. People are very friendly. A lot of times just say sorry. They're going to have a peaceful protest against you, Richie. They're going to have signs and everything. <laughs> After what you say on this thing, they're going to peacefully protest you. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. I can't wait to do it because um, there's nothing I like doing more than trolling Maple Leafs fans. It's really fun. And clearly you are scared because you just yawned. The The idea of them protesting you bored you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now that's a test of his yawning contagious. So we'll find out if Corey will be yawning here momentarily. Um, before we go, you know what we haven't done in a while, Corey? Is uh, we haven't done our tankathon simulation in like a month. I think this we were originally going to do this every week. Um, inevitably, both of us forget to do it, and so we only end up doing it like once a month. It's also very depressing. Good thing I've got my my whiskey here, and I can just sit and drink. <laughs> that the last we I think we've done this like three times, and the Coyotes have yet to actually win the lottery. So we're going to do this again. And uh, once again, the Coyotes have the best odds at the moment. They have 17 points this year. The Canadians have 18 points. The Senators have 20. And the Kraken have 24. So the Coyotes' odds currently sits at 16.6% to win the draft lottery. So um, here we go. I'm going to press Sim Lottery and see what happens in 3, 2, 1. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, Corey, why do we do this to ourselves? I told you I'm over here drinking for a reason. <laughs> um, in this particular simulation, the Ottawa Senators won the lottery. The New York Islanders jumped up from eight to two. And the Coyotes will be picking third. Yeah. There is something about the Coyotes that as much as everyone wants to give the Coyote shit, Coyotes fan shit, there is a perseverance that you have to have as a Coyotes fan. Coyotes fans are, are tough 
as hell because that is the shit that happens on the regular right there. <laughs> this is why we only do this once a month because it just is it just disappoints us every time we do it. I mean, I'm I'm not sure why we do it anymore. It's, it's inevitable. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, all right. Well, I think that's it for our show. Um, do you have anything else, Corey, before we go? Nope. I Everything I say from here on out is just going to remind me of, of Thanos at this point because I just keep on saying it's inevitable. So <laughs> I'm just going to let it be um, and say that there needs to be some type of really big good karma coming the coyotes way after all of this for all the coyotes fans that have been dedicated and loyal to the team for so long because i i can't remember the last time we've actually gotten a piece of good news that both you and i could report on Yes, that is, I think that's the, that's very, very true. I agree with you. Um, yeah, so I hope you check us out on the Wednesday live stream, Hockey Podcast Network YouTube page. Hopefully the Coyotes don't get completely butt raced by the Maple Leafs and get embarrassed on national television. But who knows? Maybe they will in their quest for the number one overall pick. But uh, I'm going to end the show by saying uh, go Rams. I hope, hope they win next week. Um, I'm going to also say that Kyle Shanahan is overrated. He sucks. Um, and then I'm also going to say good night and good hockey, everybody.